Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast. And today we're talking about protecting your identity during the holidays. You know, during the holidays, it gets really busy, the hustle and bustle. And sometimes we can get a little careless with how we uh, surf the internet and how we go about, you know, using our personal information uh, in a broader sense to where, you know, we get careless and not really understand the vulnerability we have when we are on the internet, especially with our mobile devices. What's interesting is that a lot of people don't really understand the risk involved with using your smartphone or your tablet and understand that those devices are really uh, computers in your hand. And those computers and those mobile devices are always susceptible to the same risk as your desktop computer and are inherently risky uh, during uh, transactions that are conduct- conducted online. So when you're shopping or banking or sharing your personal information on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, you know, you should use those same precautions that you would with any other device so that you protect your identity from those prying eyes, especially hackers who want to steal your identity and exploit it online. So the mobile world is very susceptible to hackers. I mean, especially if you travel a lot, uh, like a lot of us do in the fraud business or those of you who are not in the fraud business. If you travel, uh, you know, when you're in airports, you know, there's Wi-Fi access points. You're maybe at coffee shops or restaurants and even in hotels who offer Wi-Fi. So we're going to talk a little bit about today how to do some basic things, some basic tips I want to give you guys today to protect your identity, especially when you're traveling you know, during these holidays. So we'll have some more podcasts about protecting your identity and the identity theft characteristics that bad guys exploit in another podcast. But I just thought it would be important going into the holidays, especially the first week in December, this I'm recording this now, kind of get a head start on this before you get too busy and forget about how uh, important it is to safeguard your identity and how important it is to understand that the bad guys are really out there this time of year to exploit uh, those weaknesses uh, with our mobile devices. So first thing first, uh, what I always like to um, bring out is that I'm always amazed when I travel and I'm sitting in the airport and I'm looking at the Wi-Fi and all the different Wi-Fi hotspots that are available and how quickly so many people jump on the free Wi-Fi. And a lot of folks don't even understand what they're connecting to. They're not even thinking about their security or they're assuming that the security through that Wi-Fi connection, whatever it is that they're connecting to is secure and it's legitimate. And wow, you know, it's, you know, kind of concerning because you, the trust factor there, why are you trusting this free Wi-Fi? Not even knowing who's even set it up. I guess you trust it because it's the airport and somehow the airport is supposed to be a trustworthy place. But really, you know, use precaution using those free Wi-Fi uh, networks to conduct your personal business, you know, through your company or your personal uh, business through banking or shopping online. Because those Wi-Fi networks, especially in the airports and 
those different restaurants or those you know little coffee shops or other public locations that have those free Wi-Fi hotspots uh, can present themselves as an opportunity for for hackers or bad guys to intercept uh, some of that sensitive information that you're sharing. And they can see everything that you're doing because you're on what you believe to be a legitimate Wi-Fi hotspot is actually could be a bad guy in the in the immediate area sniffing out all your personal information because you have basically logged on to a Wi-Fi site that that bad guy set up to do one thing and that's to steal your personal information. So understand that when you're selecting those uh, Wi-Fi hotspots, are you sure to whom or what you are connecting to. So one of the biggest precautions, or not precautions, I guess so much, or thoughts you should have is that if you're really traveling a lot uh, in airports and hotels or in coffee shops, wanna make use of the, the free Wi-Fi, that's fine. But I recommend that you use a VPN to do that. And a VPN is a virtual private network, VPN, and it enables you, the user, the customer, to send and receive data over the internet while keeping your identity and data secure while online. So public Wi-Fi or free internet hotspots, you know, like the hotels and the airports, the coffee shops, they're not secure. And they offer zero encryption security to you, the user or the customer. So if you use a public Wi-Fi, they connect to your personal VPN so that your private information, your identity, your passwords, your browsing history, anything that you go online to bank on, uh, your 401k, anything that you would share, uh, share in a personal nature, use that, y, that, that virtual private network, the VPN, so that your information is encrypted and hidden from those hackers. So uh, in the podcast description, you'll see some top VPN services that I recommend. And some of those offer some really great deals, but really it's, it, it's a very low cost feature to really safeguard your personal information. Uh, we'll go into further uh, detail later in another podcast about the different VPN services, what they provide and don't provide. Uh, there's some that are really uh, not as safe and there's some really more geared toward maybe gamers or uh, folks who are online uh, streaming uh, movies and such. But for the casual, uh, user, customer like yourself who's traveling, uh, you can use a very good VPN service at a low cost. So we'll go into that more, the links um, to some of those uh, really good VPN services will be again provided in the podcast description. Uh, also too, when you're traveling, a lot of times we leave that Bluetooth uh, connection on that, our, our Bluetooth enabled device, it's, it's on. And don't really recommend keeping that on all the time because same thing, uh, hackers or bad guys can see uh, any device uh, on their on their device as well that has their Bluetooth enabled. So there's so many different kinds of Bluetooth enabled devices from keyboards to now uh, your headphones or earpieces. But a lot of times it's, it's your phone itself. And, and a lot of people too have connected devices via uh, the Bluetooth, which are their watches. You have your iWatch through Apple and Samsung's got different watches, the Galaxy Frontier watches, you know, which connect via Bluetooth to their phone. So they're constantly connected, receiving text messages and email alerts and so forth. But however, cyber criminals 
have the capability to pair with your phone's open Bluetooth connection when you're not using it. And they can do that in a way that allows them to steal your personal information. So what's one of the, the best safeguards? You know, uh, especially if you're going to keep your Wi-Fi or Bluetooth active, uh, safeguards is just understanding that that a bad guy could be nearby and can see what networks you've you've connected to before. And what they do, they'll spoof them and then trick your phone into connecting to the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth devices that hackers carry around with them. And then once they're connected to your phone, then the hack, hackers can can start uh, in a fraudulent way inundating your device with malware or other uh, uh, software uh, so that they can steal your data and spy on you and understand you know, your browsing habits, uh, your, the different sites you're connecting to, like your banks, for instance, or your company website, and then steal that information and then exploit it. And some really quick Bluetooth security tips I jotted down here before the podcast was make sure you configure your devices so that you, the user, has to approve any connection requests. So I personally have a, a Samsung Galaxy 3 smart watch uh, connected to my Android device. No one can uh, link another Bluetooth device uh, via my phone unless I approve it. So it ha there has to be a connection request. When I'm in an airport or a restaurant or something else that, where I'm in general public, I'll turn off the Bluetooth. Uh, on my phone and on my watch. So I just flat out turn it off, off. Also, ensure that the discovery mode is enabled only when it's necessary to pair other trusted devices. So if you get a smartwatch, you'll have to turn on your phone so that it is in discovery mode so it sees it and it allows you to approve that connection request. Also, trusted devices should be paired in just safe environments and out of the um, reach of malicious elements. In other words, you wouldn't want to pair that device in the public at an airport, uh, in a coffee shop, or at the hotel. Also, there's some devices that will allow you to minimize the range of that device or that Bluetooth connection, and sometimes they allow you to have that shortest reasonable distance. So if you have your watch, do you really need to have the range on your watch Bluetooth-enabled device, the range be outside of your immediate space? And also consider on your telephone, oh, I'm sorry, your cell phone, <laughs> installing some sort of antivirus or personal false, uh, firewall software uh, so that you can help uh, disable the chances of any hackers uh, getting in and stealing your personal identification uh, information. Uh, one, one big thing too, I notice all the time when I travel, I see uh, so many folks, uh, obviously they're devices are losing power and they got to connect to something to power it up. And first thing they choose is that USB connection that, uh, so that they can charge their, you know, their personal devices, especially their phones. And do you really know what you're connecting to? Sure. That's a USB charging device, but hackers have been known to do what they do uh, at gas stations, use some sort of skimming device. So you think you're, you're charging your phone with a USB device but there could be something on the other end of that charging station at the airport terminal or that USB charging station that could be at a business or at the library or, you know, wherever else that offers that technology to charge your device. It could, the other end of that could be actually a computer or another device that's actually um, uh, downloading information off your cell phone. 
So connecting a mobile device, you know, to a computer using a USB cable, you know, generally, I mean, normally just allows the software running on that computer to interact with that phone in ways um, that you allow. But it's the same way. If you have a bad guy that's at the other end of that USB connection, uh, it could be that bad guy's device who's actually um, interacting with your phone in ways that you would never anticipate. So as a result, that malicious computer could gain access to all your sensitive information and your data and then install different, maybe malicious uh, software or malware on your phone. So just think about that when you're connecting to a USB charging device uh, in a public environment and really understand what, what might be at the other end of that. And some of the terms in in the bad guy world, they call this juice jacking. So, you know, they're, you think you're, you know, juicing your phone up with, uh, and charging it, but they're calling juice jacking. So they're using that USB device um, to go in there and steal your personal information. Um, you know, because that, that computer device that they're using is concealed within that public uh, charging station somewhere that you don't, you, you won't see, uh, of course. Uh, so that, you know, those are some great tips right there when you're traveling. So what I recommend that you should do is just make sure you take that charging device. Your, you know, the use the electrical outlet to charge your cell phone while, when you're at the airport, or even better, take uh, one of those battery packs, pre-charge it, recharge it uh, when you're on the go, and when you need to charge your uh, cell phone, use that device. Do not use the USB charging station uh, in a public place. Also, during the holidays, we're going to be inundated with phishing scams. Bad guys are going to be sending us all kinds of phishing emails. And those of y'all who are under, wondering, what the heck am I talking about? Phishing. Uh, what's phishing? Well, phishing is when a scammer uses fraudulent emails or text messages or uh, sometimes copycat websites to get you to share your personal information, uh, such as the, your account numbers. I mean, emails, of course, social security numbers, your login IDs and passwords. And then they use that information to steal uh, other information from you, especially your money uh, going into your bank accounts and so forth. Or sometimes they just use your identity to, to go on to bigger and better things for themselves. So, uh, you know, the scammers use those phishing emails also to try to get access to your actual computer or network. And then what they'll try to do is install some uh, ransomware type programs that will go in there to basically lock you out of certain files of your computer and then exploit all your personal information. Uh, what's interesting, uh, I can share some um, phishing emails that I've actually received lately. And, and here's, I'm re reading off my cell phone right here. Uh, and a lot of these come in as urgent requests. There's something that, that they're saying that I did that I need to do something now to fix. So it's going to be uh, a call to action type email. And a lot of times it's a, it's a, an urgent email. So in this case, it would be something to this effect, restarting your membership. So uh, here's a Netflix phishing email. Uh, we're sorry to say goodbye. Hello, iTunes let us know that you asked to cancel your membership. We've canceled your membership effective as of Tuesday. Obviously, we'd love to have you back. If you change your mind, simply restart your membership, and that is a hyperlink uh, 
that's, uh, that, that is underlined. So if I hover over there with my cursor, I can see the actual website that it's going to take me to. But most people don't do that. They just click on it because they're worried about their membership getting canceled. So the rest of the email goes, so simply restart your membership. That's the hyperlink to enjoy the best TV shows and movies without interruption. And then in a nice red button, restart your membership. You click there and that, that will take you most likely to the bad guy's website where you'll re-enter some personal information thinking that it's actually a Netflix account. This is very, very common, this urgent uh, reply email to get you to go back to the site that you think you already have and reactivate your account. Uh, another really good one too is um, UPS and the, a UPS phishing email where it will say something like you missed a delivery. And a lot of times what I say, it'll be addressed to you somehow, somewhere your email got compromised or your name and they'll address this phishing email to you personally, but let you know, say, Hey, skip, this is a follow-up regarding your package delivery tracking number. And it's going to be a number that looks like a long tracking number, but guess what? That's another hyperlink and that will take you to the bad guy's site. This package contained the above mentioned uh, shipment and was not, accepted at the destination address. Please contact, contact us immediately at the UPS office and provide the postal delivery information included with this email. Thanks very much. So when you, as soon as you click on that tracking number, that's a hyperlink, your device or wherever you're on, your desktop, your phone, uh, however you're on the internet, when you're looking at this phishing email, you'll be immediately taken to this bad guy's website. And most likely just by doing that, you'll be infected with some sort of malware. Another good one that I've seen here lately coming into my own personal emails is, uh, banks, banking emails, phishing emails that look like a real bank. And in this case, it would be like confirm your account. So you get, everyone's probably seen some of these, but you'll see something like this. Uh, the, the, the bad guy who's going to fish this email will say something like this, uh, because of an unusual number or invalid login attempts on your account, we have to believe that there might be some security problem with your account. Now on this particular phishing email was interesting. So when I just said, we have to believe that there might be some there is misspelled. It's there, T-H-E-I-R instead of T-H-E-R-E. -E. So whoever this hacker is, is obviously not very educated or uh, very um, smart with doing um, spelling and grammar correction on their PC. But anyway, when you read these emails, and again, these are urgent call to action emails, and they're hoping that you're going to miss some of these little uh, mistakes in their grammar and spelling, but look for some of some of these things. Is this is really something legit. Did you really log in that many times or did you even look, try to log in or not? So again, the bad guys are preying on your sense of urgency to correct this problem through these emails. And again, this same sort of email has a hyperlink. If I hover over it, it's not to Wells Fargo. It's to some sort of other uh, account. Now it may look like Wells Fargo at first, it, it may have a misspelling or it doesn't spell miss, uh, Wells Fargo uh, at, in a normal fashion. There may be an underscore or a dash or, or a special character in between, but it's not a legitimate email from Wells Fargo. Uh, also what's interesting too, some of the other ones from some of my friends who are heavy on PayPal, uh, Fishers love to 
use PayPal emails to send out uh, and to try to get you to click on a link. So another phishing scheme would be it's a, your account is now suspended. We need your help reactivating your account. Your account has been suspended as an error has been detected with your information. The reason for the error is not certain, but for security reasons, we have suspended your account temporarily. We need you to update your information for further use on your PayPal account. And in a nice, really uh, well uh, configured form here with this email uh, that looks like it's from PayPal, it's a nice little blue box, it's a button, and it says update your information. Well, you hover over that, again, it's not PayPal, it's, it's the bad guy's information. But once you click on that, if you're, if you're not paying attention, you're going to be re-entering a lot of personal information that the bad guy's going to steal from you. So don't fall victim to some of these phishing emails uh, this year uh, during this holiday season, because I'm telling you, there's going to be quite a few of those coming into your inbox at work and at home. So let's follow up a little bit more on how to protect your identity during this holiday season. And a lot of this is all, again, like I said, don't be centered around stealing your personal information so that so certain accounts that belong to you can be compromised by the bad guy. So if you think at some point one of your accounts has been compromised, your credit cards, your bank, your 401k, actually anything, um, make sure you call those banks, you know, the credit card companies to let you know that you believe somebody's hacked into your account. And what's really important is time is at the essence. So reporting that fraud in a timely manner helps minimize the impact and lessens your personal liability. And there could be some. So if you are an, a victim of identity theft, you know, there's a lot of helpful information um, on a government website. And if you have a pen handy, uh, write this down. So you can go to www.idtheft.gov. And that's I-D-T-H-E-F-T dot gov. A lot of great information at that website about how to protect your identity and a lot of information about what you should do in case your identity has been compromised by the bad guys. Um, for the rest of you uh, who don't travel so much, there's a lot of uh, tips I'd like to share with you about protecting your identity during the holiday season, even from home. So uh, always make sure when you're surfing the net, you know, Go use legitimate sites when you're shopping online. Of course, that's a no-brainer, right, Skip? Why were you telling me that? Well, there are some signs on your PC and in your browser that will help you um, when to determine whether or not this is a really safe site. So, um, a website that is secure uh, will have an HTTPS uh, before the web uh, ad or the URL. So, look for that HTTPS in the web address. In an icon, there's going to be a little icon up there too at the same time. It's going to have a locked padlock. You can click on that and see some of the security credentials with that website. If that website does not have an HTTPS, their information is not being encrypted and it's not as safe as it could be. So use caution when you go to a website without an HTTPS. Also, again, it goes back earlier when you're in a public area, you know, use a secure network. Uh, you know, when shopping online, again, I'm going to say it uh, again because I really believe this, avoid those public Wi-Fi hotspot connections. Um, you know, all that digital information uh, that, that belongs to you is transmitted over the Internet or stored on all kinds of different connected devices. And if you're uh, 
on particular websites that require certain personal information. Sometimes, it, you know, again, it's your social security number, your credit card number, sometimes it's your driver's license. Those things can be compromised in an unsecure network. So again, ins uh, consider installing and using a VPN, a virtual private network, uh, when you connect to a private Wi-Fi. And again, some of that information is gonna be contained inside the uh, podcast description on my site there. So. Uh, also remember too that your uh, your phones and computers are gateways um, you know to your personal information so make sure they're protected with those really strong passwords and don't keep reusing that same password over and over again you know I was reading the other day in a security publication and this is just mind-boggling that the number one password that's compromised by most people is hello you probably guessed it is the word password oh my gosh so don't use password as your password. Bad guys try that first because they know there's a probably good success rate in guessing someone's password by just entering password. Uh, when the experts uh, really talk about saying use strong passwords, what they're meaning is use passwords that, that are long using both upper and lowercase and special character and numbers in your password. The more, uh, variations that you can use within your password uh, makes it much harder to crack. If you use all uppercase and just numbers, your chances are get, getting hacked are much higher. Um, but if you use lowercase, uppercase, special characters and numbers, uh, and you are, and you use uh, the length up to ten to twelve. There's probably uh, millions and millions of combinations for that password. So you're, that's going to be a very strong password. So think about using that or a, a passphrase that you can remember uh, and use special characters and upper and lo lowercase um, characters as well. Be careful what you share online. Um, what's really interesting to me, family members even this day after being advised by yours truly, share their personal information on a lot of those sites like Facebook. And, and some of those uh, Facebook sites have actually have people who are out of the country on vacation and let, it, let the whole world know that only to be surprised when they come home that the front door of their house has been kicked in and they've been burglarized. So you know, be careful what kind of information you share online. It's out there for the world to see. And you certainly don't want a criminal to know that you're halfway around the world on vacation. Another good uh, tip during the holidays, you know, try to use cash as much as often or credit cards over your debit card. Uh, you know, your credit cards uh, provide a lot more protection against fraudulent activity than debit cards. Uh, credit card companies usually monitor suspicious activity as well. I don't know about you, sometimes during the holidays, uh, if I'm out shopping a lot, I can tell that my credit card company must have some sort of velocity filter if I'm using my card. Uh, several times during a small period of time or during uh, certain dollar amounts are being exceeded. Sometimes uh, while I'm standing under the, uh, you know, it, my car will be declined and, and I'll be required to call the credit card company uh, to release the funds and verify my personal information. So try not to use your debit cards because your debit card, you know, it, it immediately withdraws money from your account and Debit cards do not offer the same level of protection like credit cards do. One other thing too, so uh, 
be just be Larry too, as you know, a lot of the uh, bad guys are using uh, different means to steal your personal information. So skimmers, uh, skimmers are going to be deployed at more gas stations than ever. I mean, it's a great way for bad guys to steal your credit card information and just be leery of that because skimmers are, are out there, uh, at different places and they're attached to card readers or sometimes even ATMs that, that, that are there for one thing and that's to steal your financial information. Um, you know, what's interesting too, just never be too careful to be sure you're aware of your surroundings, you know, watch out for that person that's standing behind you, you know, at that ATM when you're entering your passcode, you know, you just, just be real careful. Try to conceal that passcode that you're entering into your AT or your pin number into that ATM. And lastly, make sure you check your statements and credit card reports this time of year. Uh, any suspicious activity, any unusual transactions, you know, please call your credit card company immediately or your bank. You know, always check over those credit card statements. And then again, too, uh, what's great, what you should do is at least once a year, I recommend is, is checking your credit report for any other unusual accounts that have been opened. Um, you know, a lot of times they're during these high shopping periods of the year, like the holiday season, like we're talking about bad guys are really going to be hitting, um, all cylinders and stealing people's personal identities and open up bank accounts, applying for credit and such. So just remain very vigilant and inquire about any suspicious activity that you don't, uh, that you don't recognize. So, uh, we're going to continue this podcast by going a little more deeper uh, in further episodes concerning phishing and really what that really looks like, giving you some real world examples on what to do and how to report that. Uh, we're really going to dive into a little bit more about uh, carding. And again, carding, those of you who don't know what carding is, but carding is pretty much the network uh, that's out there to, to steal or sell personal information like credit card numbers and social security numbers and, and things like that for bad guys and, and how all this really um, fits together because it's, it's about a criminal enterprise and network out there that exists for one reason. That's to steal your personal information for financial gain. So hope you've enjoyed this episode and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much and have a great day and ruin a bad guy's day. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast. The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.